this uh, about two years ago, and I, I won't get into it too much, but, ahead, yeah. but I have to ask. Yes, yes, yes. Like two years ago, uh, anniversary of Black Parade, everybody kind of went bonkers oh. thinking uh -huh. about a reunion. <laughs> right? It, that did happen. Here's the thing. Um, well, was it two years ago, was it? Well, it would have been 2006, did that come out? Right. Okay, oh, it's 2018, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so it would have been like two yeah. years ago-ish. So what happened was um, we, we, we wanted to do a 10-year uh, anniversary release of it. Yeah. And, and we had like some demos left over and, and, and songs that didn't make the record. And we're like, oh, cool, like, we'll put it all together. And, and every year we meet, we have like a barbecue kind of thing. And we like, well, that's like, we'll have the barbecue, kids will hang out, and then we'll discuss business for like the next year, yeah. basically. And so we're like, oh, that'd be really cool. Yeah, we should do like a, like a little teaser trailer for it. And, and so like, we said, all right, that, that's what we'll do. And we you know, told the label we want it, and they made this, this trailer, and we released it. And all of a sudden, we're like, oh, wait. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's real confused. Because we're just doing an anniversary release, yeah. not a tour. And then we had to like come out and be like, oh, that was, we were just excited. Yeah, at the barbecue, it made a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was much more clearly yeah, defined so at the barbecue. But here's the thing, you know, we've always, we were always like a theatrical band, so like we yeah. wanted to continue in that fashion, but when you're not a band any longer, it's probably harder to do that. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't realize. So, well, 2020 is coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, that would be another anniversary for <laughs> you guys. For what? I don't know if you're... Isn't Danger Days? That is that, was be? that 2010? I think so. All right. I think that's 2009. I'm just giving you the heads up. Hey, just another opportunity to disappoint people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, sorry. So, Frank, I hear so major news yeah. since our last episode, which we beep, haven't beep, done beep, in a little beep, bit. Beep, 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 uh, beep, beep. Apparently, My Chemical Romance is, in fact, reuniting. Reuniting, yeah. Despite uh, Frank Aero lying to us. He lied straight to your face. Because clearly a year ago when we taped that interview, he knew that they were reuniting this year. Oh, uh, they might have been at their like little backyard barbecue. And right. I'm like, guys, I talked to this guy, Seton, and he's got this <laughs> bug in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do hey, it. Hey, what if Let's we just did it this year? Why you not? Guys, like, I had a crazy idea. Let's get back together. I mean, what do you think? Um, you play music. I play music. Let's do this. guys. Like we all still get along. Like let's you just go. Still got dry liner. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I know. We should. I want to. I want to reach out to him and see if we could do like a follow up and just see what happened in that year since we did the interview. We are going to be in New York in a week. We are. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll hit up hit Frank up. and see see what's up. Hit up his manager and see if they want to talk about it. Um, they might not want to, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, that is fine. Uh, that was a good one, though. That was like the one time that we really made news, and there, it was in like alternative press, and all of this, all these different outlets pick it, picked it up. And I was that like, "Oh, sweet!" You just kept sending yeah. me more. You're like, "Hey, these guys are talking about. It. Hey, these yeah. guys are talking about it." And they were like <laughs> publications you knew from your like music world oh, stuff. And you were, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't jazzed. believe this!" Yeah, I was super stoked. Yeah, that was your bird shot. Yeah, that was my bird shot. Uh, which, if you don't know what a birdshot is, the, one of the first times Brendan and I started shooting together, we were working on something, I believe, for OTSP. And uh, he, he said, I was like, hey, man, how's it going or whatever? And we were just running around the city of Hartford. And he was like, oh, dude, I got this sick birdshot. Uh, and it was like it was like just these birds flying. And he was like, it's so sick. And ever since then, we've been chasing birdshots for each thing we do. Yeah. It's all about that bird shot, baby. That was the podcast bird shot, if there is such a thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, so anyway, it's been a little bit. Uh, actually, I don't want to say that because I say that all the time. Yeah, every time. Almost Except every time we had we a good this. little run there. We had a good little October Halloween series that we did. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, so it fun. hasn't been that long. No, it hasn't been that long. It's no. been a couple weeks, maybe two weeks. Yeah, max. that's okay. Yeah, two weeks. That's not bad. That's good. Uh, I just finished Jury Duty. Yeah. Which was pretty cool, believe it or not. Uh, jury Duty is one of those things that when you get the letter, your your immediate reaction is, oh, crap, I got called for jury duty. Oh, crud. Because that's what everybody says. Yeah. Everybody, it's univer- It's like the DMV. When you have to go to the DMV, you're like, oh, great, this is going to suck. I got to yeah. go to the DMV. And then when you get there... Eight times out of ten, it's usually not that bad. It's like you just wait, they call your name, you do your thing, and then you leave. And you're like, oh, that wasn't actually that much of a hassle. Yeah, I blame sitcoms. Yeah. They're the ones that are like, I've got jury duty. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, what's your problem with civil duty? So I got there. I got to, they gave me the uh, date that I had to go. Mm -hmm. I went, signed in, filled out my paperwork. They showed a little video about the process and all of this stuff, and then somebody came and spoke to you about, um, yeah, the process and why we do it and why it's done the way it's done. And slowly over that time, I started to feel a real sense of civic duty. That's awesome. It was like, you know what? This is actually kind of an honor to be able to do this. For some people, it might be really inconvenient, and I get that. Um, But for me, it wasn't, actually. I was able to get off work. Uh, they, I went in, I was, I didn't try to not get picked. So like what they do is they sit you down that you watch this video, somebody, a judge comes and speaks to you and then they say, all right, now we're going to break you off into panels. And a panel is a group of say 15 to 20 people, maybe 12 to 20 people, something like that. And that's when you start getting interviewed to see if you're going to be a part of the case or whatever trial that you're going to be on. And they split you and some people go to criminal cases some people go to civil cases. I got split off into the civil case and was immediately disappointed um, by that it wasn't a criminal case because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, man, I bet the criminal case would have been really interesting. Yeah. You know, um, which I later came to think, like, actually, I'm very lucky I didn't get a criminal case because some criminal cases are really ugly. And can go on for a longer time. Well, they can go on for a long time, but I was more I wasn't really concerned about that as much as I was the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And That's while true. I do like yeah. horror movies and I do like true crime series and I do like all of that stuff, the idea that you would sit and sort of the weight and enormity of this kind of thing got me later in the process, but you would sit on a jury and look at evidence of sometimes some really awful crimes yeah. that are really sad and are really heavy and then judge, is this person guilty of them or not? And how severe of a penalty are they going to get? The more I thought about it, I was like, damn, man, I'll take this civil case all day. It's just a car accident. Mm-hmm. You know, no big deal. Right. Um, so, yeah, that got to be – I at first I really wanted the criminal case, and then I was like, Ugh, I don't know. Because I saw some – you know, once you get selected for the jury pool and, and you're in jury duty, you, uh, you're kind of bunched together sometimes when you meet or you go on break with other people on different juries. It's got to be kind of a good – honor to like just like in terms of how you think because they they saw you and like this is somebody who attacks things from a rational like balanced standpoint this and i'm giving you this so that you can use it in arguments with your wife or whatever like listen (laughs) the court system thinks that i'm a very good judge of character people and circumstance so she's not gonna fall for that nonsense i can tell you that (laughs) i can tell you that for sure no but that's cool though uh did uh 
Did you? Where were you? Did you find him guilty or not guilty? Are you allowed to say? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, actually, I can say. So, well, before I get into all that, uh, I get it put into this panel, mm-hmm. and then you sit around and wait for a little while. There is a lot of waiting. That is true. And you wait, and then eventually, I was called into this room where the two lawyers wanted to interview me, basically, to see if they would pick me for the jury. And it took them about thirty seconds to be like, "Hey, Dan Patrick show." I was like, Ooh. oh, wow. <laughs> like, hey, fellas. Yeah. Uh, awesome. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about the Patriots, which nice. is cool. Um, and then I was thinking to myself, like, oh, I'm definitely getting off now because there's no way they're going to select me for the jury because they these guys already know that I'm on a sports talk show and in the media and stuff. There's no way. That's an absolute loser. Right. Um, so they talked to me. They asked me what I thought of chiropractors and if that was a legitimate form of medicine, <laughs> which I immediately burst into laughter. That's great. <laughs> and not because I don't like chiropractors, but because I do have a good uh, time joking about how chiropractors aren't real doctors. That's a running bit on the show. <laughs> it's almost as if these guys were like, man, I really want to get on the Dan Patrick show in this case. Like, ask them about chiropractors. They always joke about that. Yeah. So, uh, so don't, don't waste your time. Call a real doctor. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I thought that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked me a couple of other questions that I thought for sure after I say this, they're they're not going to pick me. Um, but then, lo and behold, it took they picked me right away. They're like, all right, come here next uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got in there. I was There was uh, five other people and then me, so six jury members and then two alternates. And they were a really interesting group of people. I really enjoyed hanging out with them, actually. It was They were made it a lot of fun to go through this process with yeah. me because we all had a pretty similar sense of humor and could laugh about certain things. Which was cool because there is a certain you're not allowed to talk about the case with the other jurors until you start deliberating. You have to keep everything completely secret. So you find all of these other ways to amuse yourselves, like kind of making fun of the process, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Where there were times that the we would be brought into the courtroom, sat down in the jury box. They would, you know, speak. The lawyers would speak for like five minutes or something, you know, doing a cross-examination or whatever of a witness, get into an argument about an objection that they have over some evidence, we would be sent out of the jury room, out of the courtroom, into like a a separate room, where we would wait for 45 minutes while they would work this stuff out. Then they would bring us back out, sit us in the jury box just to tell us, okay, well, we're up against our first break here, so we're going to break for 15 minutes. So they would then have us go back into this room to wait for the 15 minutes for the break, then bring us back out. This this process played itself out over and over and over again for the course of basically like three days where there were just so many arguments about what we can and can't hear and all of that stuff. Um, So when they tell you like to remove something from your mind, were you able to do it or were you just like – because that always like (laughs) – that always like confused me. They're like, oh, jury, strike that from the record. It's like – well, I'm not a computer. I can't just delete it. Like it's gonna be in there. You know, you you end up, um, you end up sort of. Well, I could say for me, I ended up falling back on my initial gut feelings towards the whole thing. So mm-hmm. basically, what happened was these two guys got into a car accident. They disagreed on. Uh, they both claimed the other guy ran a red light. Oh, one guy in the. Uh, police report had a witness that said like the uh, the defendant ran the red light mm-hmm. right so the plaintiff had a witness that said the defendant ran the red light um, 
and then the plaintiff was suing for like damages and pain and suffering kind of thing and right. like lost work um, because of this injury. And so the guy, the plaintiff was a college baseball player and uh, attempting to be a uh, like professional bodybuilder mm-hmm. and was claiming that he had all of these injuries to his like neck, shoulder, and then like upper back, lower back, uh, all of this stuff. Right. And that that was causing him loss of wages and, and you know, daily pain and all of this stuff. The car accident that I'm talking about happened three years ago. And so this whole process has been sort of playing out over wow. the three years. Um, <laughs> and so the guy was suing for like, I don't know, a hundred and something thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he had been going to a chiropractor. He went to a chiropractor 70 something times or 80 something times, got no relief, got no Jesus. help, got no, right. Okay. Exactly. You need so, to know a chiropractor is a joke. Just take that. So that was that was my reaction. Was like, who the hell goes to a chiropractor eighty times and never feels any relief whatsoever? Like, it, at twenty visits and you're not getting any relief from your back pain, don't you seek another form of medical intervention? Just as a side note, I had a friend. He went to a dentist. The dentist did a bad job filling his tooth, so he went to a different dentist who did a better job and right. fixed the other guy's mistake. Right. That's what you do. When somebody does a bad job, if a plumber can't fix your toilet, you don't be like, bring him back the next day because it's still clogged. So, right. I immediately there was just like, like that just doesn't make... It, common sense tells you, well, wait, something's weird here, you know? Right. And so then the defense starts going through all of the... Uh, all of the guys like reports from the chiropractor and every single one of them is exactly the same like nine out of ten pain no relief no this uh, like all of this stuff then like the timeline got funny about when the pain started you know so you're starting to get an idea of like okay i don't know if i'm really buying this right yep so then the the, uh defense on cross-examination, I guess, or whenever they do this, the defense has the plaintiff up on the witness stand. I'm excited right and now. He's, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, so you're a bodybuilder, correct? He's like, yes. And you are, you're in competitions? He said, like, occasionally. Okay. And you do work for different brands and companies, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and he, he had, pulls out this, like, sheet of paper right he's got all of these printouts right and it's pictures from the guy's instagram oh no <laughs> and it's like so like the uh the accident was in 2016 he's just like is this a picture of you yes can you read the date on it it's like sometime 2017 after the accident oh boy and he's just like uh is this you lifting weights the guy's like yeah he's like and it's like it looks like he's lifting a mac truck worth of weights right and it's like over his head you know, so he's just like, and you're telling me that you were too injured right here to do it. And the guy's like, but that wasn't my normal reps. That's not how much weight is actually on. That's not how many reps did I do, though. But how many wow. reps did I do? And then so the guy, he goes through like picture <laughs> after picture after picture of like, hey, here's this guy on the beach throwing a football. And he's just like, so, but I thought your shoulder was hurt and you couldn't throw things. He's like, yeah, but how far did I throw the football, though? Like, I didn't really throw it far. What a nut job. Like, dude, like at least delete your social media. They had they had a promotional video for some, you know, supplement company that he did. This dude is monstrous. He is jacked. He is beyond shredded. 
and he is lifting just what appears to be an unbelievable amount of weight in all of these different positions. They have him hanging from certain things and like doing all these exercises. And you watch that video, and the guy's like, and are you telling me that in this video you were still too hurt to compete bodybuilding, then that this is affecting your life? And he, it was wild. He said at one point when they were going through it, they went through every single one of these Instagram pictures. There's a million. Then they showed them to us all, and the guy goes, He's like, yeah, but those pictures aren't real. They're all photoshopped. Oh, my God. There's one person to blame for that excuse. And you know who it is. God damn it. The term fake news has ruined society. That is so, so funny. So that that was, is so funny. That was base. And, you know, the hard part is, is like you're watching this. They're passing around all of these pictures of like this dude who's half naked in most of them and he's jacked, <laughs> you know, he's just absolutely shredded. And the worst part is you can't get a read on what the other jurors are thinking because like you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to talk about this or, you know, it's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, God, am I the only one who thinks that this is the most ridiculous thing of all time like yeah. this is absurd that we're actually wasting time on this how did his lawyers let it go past that where they're like well you're kind of screwed because all of the counter evidence like there's footage and photos of you working <laughs> like what yeah, are you yeah, talking yeah. about dude like you got like a thousand pounds over your head he's like yeah, yeah but how many times um <laughs> and the lawyer right? when so we found the uh the lawyer was the, the guy was suing for over a hundred thousand dollars right and what we ended up doing was there was like a certain amount of visits to a chiropractor that was like a dozen, say, mm-hmm. right, that he went to. And then after that, he switched to a different chiropractor that he went like 70 something times to. And we since we couldn't agree on who actually ran the red light, despite the fact that the plaintiff had a witness saying the other guy ran the red light, he was just seemed to be such a a liar <laughs> right <laughs> that i was just like even that witness i'm not sure how credible they are just based on the fact that they're on this guy's side like this right. guy is just he everything else is just complete nonsense so what we ended up doing was splitting the cost of the 12 chiropractor visits between the plaintiff and the defendant and there was actually two defendants so each defendant ended up paying about 225 dollars a piece and like that's what the guy got was was basically yeah. 500 and 550 dollars or something like and that that's nonsense that they have to pay for his crappy chiropractor so you know what's interesting about like, that so like you have the same reaction so we get we go through all of the evidence right and all the hearings happening all that stuff right we do the whole trial and they we go into deliberations everybody is universally on the same side of like this is crazy no way Two two jury members were really, really hung up on why does this guy get anything? Right. He shouldn't get anything. He shouldn't get a dime. Nothing. I'm kind of on board with that a little bit. So that's what we actually had most of our, it wasn't an argument, but our discussion about and like impasse of, you know, because in, in a civil case, you have to decide either there was this thing called a special defense, I guess, where it was like, um, the plaintiff says the defendant is at fault. The defendant actually says the plaintiff is at fault, but like I'm not the one that brought the lawsuit is the way that I got it. So I'm actually going to accuse him then since he's accusing me basically. Mm. 
And so you have to decide a percentage of guilt. And for me, the the guy did have a witness, an independent witness, right? That said, it was the defendant that ran the red light. So mm-hmm. no matter how much of a liar I thought that the, I don't even, I hope I'm allowed to call him a liar, but nobody knows who I'm talking about. He, uh, I just didn't believe anything that he said. Right. Um, he did still, at the end of the day, have a witness that was on a police report that said that was the guy that ran the red light. So I had to tip the percentage of guilt or responsibility in his favor a little bit. For sure. So I don't remember if we did responsibility for the accident was 50-50 or 51-49. Right. But we basically you made it as even as possibly could and then gave the guy, if, if we're going to say that the defendant is at least half responsible mm-hmm. for this, if not a, a slight percentage more, how do we then say, but this guy still doesn't get anything? Right. Nothing. No, I get I get that that makes sense. I wonder, like, and this is just, like, for conversation's sake, where does the line draw that, like, this guy picked a bad chiropractor? <laughs> like, how, like, if they're not seeing results on something, like, who decides, and I guess there's probably answers to this stuff, but, like, who decides who, like, where he goes to get his treatment? Well, com- and- oh, okay, so common sense is going to tell you, like, we just kind of went through this, but if you're not getting any results from your chiropractor after 20 visits, your pain never goes down. Right. It never changes whatsoever. Don't you just on your own think I need to go somewhere else? And so that's my point is, like, why does, like, his lack of ability to judge the situation after not having any results, why do they then have to pay for his continued failed rehabilitation, I guess? Well, so they didn't. Okay. They, they pay. He went to one chiropractor twelve times. Gotcha. Then it's kind of debated in the courtroom. This might be where it comes back to things that you're not supposed to know or you're supposed to forget because right, it was stricken right, from right, the record. Right, right, right. He went to one chiropractor twelve times. That was like a family that he's gone to before. Mm-hmm. Then after that, he went to a lawyer to see what his options are, and ah. then switched to a different chiropractor. That then. He went to 70-something times. The report never changed whatsoever. It was almost like there was no real care given at all. There was just a, that he has got 9 out of 10 pain, and he uh, has, like, you know, no relief from his symptoms. He can barely lift 30 pounds, it said. Like, the guy, he can only lift 30 pounds. That's it. And we have videos of him and pictures of him lifting 350 pounds. You know, so so what we did was we basically decided we'll split the cost of the 12... That's, uh, that makes sense. Chiropractor, okay. because that actually seemed reasonable to me. I've that, been to a chiropractor for things before, yeah, and uh, yeah, when yeah, my yeah. back is bothering me, and 12 times seemed reasonable. 70 with zero change is a problem, yeah. and like, suspect. Right. And but his, I'm like... Glad, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, But anyway, I thought the process was awesome. It was really, really interesting. It's a little tedious. Mm-hmm. But when you really it once we got into the deliberation room, I was like, damn, now I get why all this other stuff was so important. Right. You know, now I understand why it's so tedious and why it takes all this time, Uh, because when you get into the deliberation room and you're with, say, five other people or I don't know, 11 other people, however big juries get, you start arguing about. But we're not supposed to take that into consideration or like it says here on the police report. I know you don't believe this guy, but why is this guy a liar just because that guy's a liar kind of stuff? And you get really into actual Mm, jury stuff, (laughs) jury stuff. 
It's yeah. like semantics are important there. Yeah, it that's, really is. That's it really, really is. Uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, uh, have you ever been called? No. 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 Yeah, this is my first time. Um, I would do it again though. I really would. I really That's enjoyed awesome. it. There's actually a form that you could fill out, at least in Connecticut, where it says once you serve jury duty that you automatically are get like sort of uh, a three year window where you don't have to do it mm. anymore. Um, but there's a form that you can fill out that says if you want to be called within the three years, you know, you're Holler. open to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would totally do it again. I, I it's weird to say because I feel like uh, such a like teacher's pet or something, but I really yeah. enjoyed jury duty. That's awesome. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, I mean, it's a cool process. I always enjoyed the legal process, like, on a cursory level. Yeah. It's cool to be an active participant, Yeah, do some justice. It's funny to see the, uh, some of it does get a little movie-like, too, where, or maybe I watch too much Law & Order, but they, the lawyers, they're little games that they play with each other, and, you know, where they stand when they're talking to someone you know mm-hmm. when, when they're trying to intimidate somebody or something or just throw a little thing around or like when the uh the one the defense lawyer was particularly hilarious cuz he had like all of these like <sighs> sighs and facial expressions and rolling his eyes and whenever he was really going to nail somebody he would like throw down his piece of paper that was like you know this little booklet or when the guy said something that he was just like oh i think i got something he would do like a Click his pen a bunch. Oh, interesting. And it was like this, like weird. I definitely on Pavlovian purpose. Pavlovian dog, kind of. Where it triggered everybody. Like, oh wait, something's happening right now. Because why is he doing this? So I have a friend who's a lawyer up in Boston. I'll I get probably leave his name out of it, but he played a yeah. recording of one of his cases, and uh, the judge in it was just like, "I'm having a hard time hearing you today, Mister Blah Blah Blah," and then he's like. So dramatically goes, I'm sorry, Your Honor. It's been a long week. <laughs> and he was like a theater kid in high school that I grew up with, like who like he was just so good at like, and I was just like, God damn it, you, you <laughs> bastard. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, I, and then just hearing him do it, there's like a theatricality to it. Definitely. Where it's just like that whole like, I'd love to go to a trial and like, Alabama and be like, I say, I say. <laughs> like, like, yeah, right, right. Some like Southern Matthew McConaughey esque lawyer, like, yeah, law come, and order. I you know? said, you're on. <laughs> yeah. I hold yeah. you in contempt. Right. I bet every court based on its region is uh, somewhat different. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, you could end up in somewhere up in Boston. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is wild. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty cool, though. I was, I was into it. Um, that's All right. Awesome. Well, I think that, that do you do you have anything that you want to hit real quick? I'm sorry, I I, I talked a lot. No, there. it I just was went off. super super interesting. I'm no, I'm good. I'm um, good. well, go back and uh, check out our f- interview with Frank Iero from. Uh, well, we taped it last Halloween, but I don't think we released it until like January Christmas. or Christmas <laughs> or something. Uh, to, because of a whole bunch of things behind the scenes that we classic don't classic re- us. We don't really need to get into <laughs> classic OTSP fashion. Yeah. The uh, ghost Halloween episode. So it didn't get launched until well uh, after. Chinese New Year's, <laughs> and then not only that, but it's the one that has uh, that made us the most news and the most press. And uh, my name is spelled wrong in it, so no it way. Went... <laughs> you didn't know that? No, we've never talked about that. On uh, which part? <laughs> you... Okay, so I can single handedly blame 
the lack of OTSP for many, many months based on the fact that when <laughs> when oh. the Frank Iero interview went out, my name was spelled wrong. And then it uh, In... it made news worldwide for My Chemical Romance fans. And every time that somebody went to it, uh, they would see that my name was spelled wrong. <laughs> wait, wait, what and portion like, of it was spelt wrong? Where, where was God, it in a video, or was it in in the uh, like the title of it? So when people oh. were crediting where the interview happened, now on the surface, this sounds like I'm just being a baby. Okay, I'm and, so glad it's not my fault. <laughs> and uh, on the surface, it sounds like I'm just being a baby, and maybe I am. But there were just sort of. Uh, there were a few other things leading up to it that had happened that had me a little pissy. And then that was the one that I was just kind of like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not doing any more of these. Hi. <laughs> that camel needed to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, you know what? I think I'm done for a little while. I'm not going to do these because it's just ruining my mood. Yeah. Um, but we're back. That's bygones. We're back, baby. Yeah, that's bygones. How did they spell it? Uh, I don't know, probably with an ER or something like that. I don't know, something, Ooh, something really stupid. I'm not I, sure. I remember it now. I'm not sure the cameras, about it. the cameras were balanced it either a, on it, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to get into all the things that were Cameras were balanced? This. I don't think that they were, well, I don't think that they were balanced in the, <laughs> in the shoot, but it's okay, bygones, bygones. bygones color okay. balanced? <laughs> well, no, like one of them was like really orange and one of them was really blue. Oh, well, that's a, uh, well, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk about this off mic. This is we good. Don't, we don't need to get into this because it's bygones. This was a year ago. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. I thought we had discussed all this. No. Um, no, we just apparently just buried it deep down inside. And <laughs> well, now there was a lot going on at that time, too. That's when we were building a new studio. There, Not that I'm making uh, excuses. I'm just trying to like put myself. Because we'll, we'll pull back the part the kimono a little bit, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was because uh, that was a tense emotionally tense, professionally tense. Like, that was an interesting time of year. Yeah. There were a lot of moving items. There's a lot of stuff going on there at that point in time. Yeah, my uh, personal life was funky right then, too. I don't know if you remember that. That was interesting. Good, good. Um, Interesting. I'm glad we're back. Let's just leave it at that. I'm glad we're back. Um. And then we can talk budget and getting, you know, two matching cameras so that you don't have two different color temperatures. But that's fine. You know, when you when you borrow one as a favor for a show and yeah, it well, doesn't match. It's a good color. Carpenter so never have... blames his tools, but right. okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, uh, but, uh, here we sit a year later and uh, we're making big plans for 2020. Mm-hmm. There's talk of a newsletter. Yep. <laughs> There's talk of new merch. Yep. There's talk of like at this point it's like a 20 city tour. Mm-hmm. Well, not really, but I'm exaggerating that. Uh there's talk of I'm putting consideration into a real website. Ooh. Uh the podcast would keep going, but we've been working on cities. Um there's talk of some sponsors. There's a lot of talk about what's going on. Hopefully some of it comes through. Some of it's in my control. Some of it is uh, or in our control. Some of it is out of our hands by now and uh, in the hands of very capable, competent people who I uh, have all the faith in the world in. So Me too. Yeah. Yeah, we should be good. Um, you know what? I had a bunch of other stuff to talk about too uh, here, but I think we could save that for another episode. Maybe we'll do another one next week. Yeah, airing a bunch of year-old grievances. Oh, that, yeah. Uh... <laughs> I will uh, 
I will dial some in now that I know that that's the game we're playing. <laughs> uh, oh, you're funny. the best, man. All righty. All right. I'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye.